Welcome to the Caged Vision Show, where each week we talk about one thing, putting your vision to work. So whether you're the CEO of a large company, maybe an executive within a large company, maybe you're a small company, maybe you are an entrepreneur that is just getting started. Each of you has a vision for where you want to go in the future, and we talk about how to get there, how to put that vision to work. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Rome and Lisa Beck Shuck. <laughs> oh my God, what is on your head? Well, you know, we've talked about the red headband oh for quite God, some time. I decided I would record this with a headband on <laughs> to hold in uh, the brain power, <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, so this is not on video yet, but. Lisa's getting me in full headband. I love it. Red I think headband. you're going to have to do Friday Fun Fact with the red headband. You think so? On. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it matches my black eye. Yeah. Oh, there's another one. Oh, yeah, we got two. Oh, yes. Wow. I, anyway, I see listen, coming. this All week right. we are talking about something that's super cool, and Lisa is so entrenched in this topic, um, and I'm really, really excited for her to just spew wisdom, as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you have, if you have a vision, oftentimes what is unsaid is what you want that customer to experience. You know it, you, you, you want, you see the outcome in your head, but there's a big gap. Once you start implementing uh, a lot of that, what would make you unique, what would make you special, a lot of that gets lost it's not intentional, but it happens. We're going to talk today about how to not make that happen. Right, yes, yes, we are, because we are going to talk about customer experience. Oh, I wish you guys could see, not the red headband that's on my head, but Lisa's smile, because she loves this topic so, so much. I do, because I think it is of critical importance. So um, in this world where... Everyone is used to having an individualized, unique experience on their phone. It has become of critical importance for us to, to give people experiences everywhere. So whether that's at a restaurant or a store, or it's important that it be personalized and unique and memorable. I mean, that's customer, that's what customer experience is. Yeah, so I think what you just said is an opportunity that I didn't quite um, see until you said it so clearly, is that um, you said experiences on their phone. They're really not experiences. They're, it's just things that happen really fast. Yes. And the opportunity, if you have a business, is to create that experience that is not um, just, you know, a thumb flip away. So Harvard Business Review a couple of years ago did a study, which they're going to have to update because it's going to, the year that they said it was going to happen is next year. They said that customer experience will be the differentiating factor in a, in a brand by 2020. Like it's not marketing. It's not, um, advertising anymore it is customer experience and how do you create those customer experiences because there's so much noise that goes Ah, on in marketing now and you know what makes it different well you may catch someone's attention with an ad or some sort of digital experience but 
they need to interact with your brand and the experience they have with your brand, that's the differentiating factor moving forward. Mm. And, and I think that because one of the things I hear a lot is people say all the time, well, we have excellent customer service. I hate it when people say that because I instantaneously say, no, you don't. Because there's no way that you can. Customer service is an overall aspect. What you So can, it's a misunderstanding it's of a, customer service. Because yes. to your point, you could create the same problem for your target customer over and over again and have excellent uh, response to that problem. But that's not going to save your customer because the experience is awful. Correct. That's Correct. a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Because customer experience is a specific moment in time. And so what I want people to do as staff, as employees, as representatives of a brand is I want them to be experience creators. Mm-hmm. So that every interaction a customer has with you, it needs to be unique, memorable, and personalized. And how do you do that is the is the training aspect of customer service slash experience. So take that out of your head, get the vision for what you want, document it, train to it, right? Empower your employees to create that customer experience. And we're gonna talk you're gonna talk about the difference between customer service and customer experience and that um, that is a one is a moment in time as you just referenced. The other is a full cycle. Yes. Experience. Yes. And the problem is your staff have different personalities and they approach customer service, customer experiences differently, which is a positive if you train them, which means you have to establish standards, Mm. which goes back to what you were saying, that they have it in their head. Yeah, You know, you as a business owner know what you want the experience to be for your customers. Well, have you verbalized that? Have you established standards that everyone in your organization understands and that they feel empowered to Mm. use? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you've given them the tools. You've given them the tools. And you've got a story about tools. Yes, yeah, I do. You want my Nordstrom story? I think, I think so. Yeah, so you think so? Well, I think, so. I think giving them the tools. Um, but let's talk about what those tools could be, right? So you want to establish standards. So you want to train to your standards, and the standards can be basic things that you take for granted. Like as a business owner, you assume that if you know your customer's name, you're going to use your customer's name, and that your staff would do the same. You actually have to train staff and say to them, it's important for you to call a customer by name. Brand loyalty goes up. Your net promoter score goes up. Everything goes up. Why? Because you are creating a personalized experience for your customer by calling them by name. That's a standard that needs to be implemented in your organization. Another standard to implement in your organization is response time. We have... Instant gratification. That is our world. And it's getting worse. And it's getting worse. You know, if someone doesn't respond to an email or a phone call within an hour, you're frustrated. So you need to implement standards that say all emails and phone calls from customers will be returned by end of day at the very latest. Even if you don't have a solution to their problem. 
you need to call them and say, you're working on a solution yeah. for your problem because they want that instantaneous. They want to know. Mm -hmm. And you have a great example of that, that you were just talking about that you emailed or texted someone after hours. Oh yes. Yes. It, Kenny over at Express Oil and he helped us with my wife's tire and literally 30 minutes after after she we got the car she went to a friend's house she said the tire's flat again <laughs> and i just emailed him and said we have her in the tow truck drop it off it'll be there in the morning can you just make sure that you jump on it i drove by on the way in they were already working on it mm -hmm. and kenny's like oh yeah hey we got it and then he called me back immediately after within 15 minutes and said here's the problem this is probably more, more than likely the cause. And as it turns out, he looked at my receipt and said, you have a warranty. So, I mean, he, that is huge, huge. That is a unique, memorable, personalized customer experience. And, and, and you're about, happy. And you're going to brag about Kenny. I'm going to brag about Kenny. I'm going to brag about Express Oil and Tire Engineers. And here's why. Um, so many people, as it relates to that service for your vehicle... Just look for um, the cheapest. I look for somebody. I don't know. A th I love. For as someone that loves cars as much as I do, I don't know a thing about cars. I mean, I know how to put gas in the car. I know how to start it. I know how to turn the radio up. It's probably about it. I know how to make it go fast and break. But I don't know really much about cars. So somebody could tell me something that is completely untrue. As it turns out, I'm not the only one. And so trust for the automotive maintenance industry is tremendous. If you can build trust, then you've really got a customer that's going to stick with you. But to your point, Lisa, each step, Kenny's just one piece of that customer experience. There's a lot of other people that I'm going to experience throughout that. So it's, it's, it's not a simple process, but a cohesive process is what you want to strive for. Yes. And if you empower, so you establish standards, right? And then the second thing you do is you empower your staff, right? Kenny is empowered to help you in any way that he can, because that organization says we want every experience with a customer to be fabulous. You know, Ritz-Carlton is probably the ultimate experience creator. Their staff actually have budgets that they can use to enhance customer experience. You know what drives me crazy? I can only begin to imagine. Well, this headband's starting to, because it's a little <laughs> snug. But when people say, well, yeah, but that's Ritz-Carlton. They have that budget because. Well, how do you think they became Ritz-Carlton? Exactly. They they started making it a priority, and I'm sure the budget went from small to medium to large. Well, and it doesn't even have to. It, it Sometimes it's not even monetary, you know? I mean, for example, everyone's heard the story about the, the little boy that left his, you know, teddy bear at the Ritz-Carlton. And, you know, they get home, and the parents are like, well, fiddle-dee-dee, we got to have that teddy bear. And they call the Ritz-Carlton, and the Ritz-Carlton, the staff had taken the teddy bear, and they had taken pictures of it. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? I do remember they, like, that. put it in a lounge chair by the pool with a, with a cold drink next to it and said Teddy decided he needed an extra day oh, of vacation. 
vacation, but we're sending him home and, you know, put him in a box and send him home. But that's taking that experience which where that child was probably distraught. Well, let me tell you about a distraught child losing a lovey, as it were. We were flying an unnamed airline, but one that I truly despise. Um, is this the one that took your points away? No, different okay. one. Wow, I'm <laughs> going to be... We all I mean, know which airline that is. We do know that one. Now, this is one that on occasion um, has drug people around, if you would. Oh, heavens to wow. Betsy. Yeah, Betsy. Wow, you anyway, went there. So, um, we were flying... My wife was flying this, and it was a missing lovey, and we called, and it was, you know, just... It was, it was, it was nothing. Like, sorry... Your problem. When you get on the plane, you couldn't use your phone. It's at the gate, maybe. It was just so... And as a mother, Jana cared so much for... for uh, It was Hillary. And um, cared so much to get that back for her. And the reality is that it may not have been able to... It may, it may not have been found, right? It, that's not the point. The point is they dismissed it as not my problem. That's your problem. And that sort of really reflected on their brand. And that is, so this goes to the whole, uh, that, that's, ah, Empower Staff, this segues into the Nordstrom story. So at Nordstrom, back, and this is legendary, a legendary Nordstrom story, um, in, I think it was like 1975, so it was a while ago, uh, a guy had bought tires for his pickup truck, not at Nordstrom. Nordstrom does not sell tires, but that's the whole point of the story. He came back and he was going to return the tires and the tire store was gone. And instead there's a Nordstrom's at this location. Nordstrom takes the tires back, refunds the man his money. Yeah. Okay, did we mention that Nordstrom's doesn't sell tires? Yeah, no, I'm going back to my accounting days. Like, how do you record that entry? <laughs> like, you just return something for inventory that you don't sell. I don't know how that works. Probably a miscellaneous something, right? Yeah, I'm sure it was miscellaneous. But they're known for that. In fact, they're not allowed to tell customers no, right? They have to figure out another way. Mm. And so Nordstrom, they're not known for, like, great massive sales or anything like that but they're known for their service and people shop there because they know that there is consistent service Which all speaks the time to their target customer who wants service who doesn't want to be told no who wants to have that experience and are willing to pay for that now that's not every customer and nordstrom knows that and they know that the person that is always shopping for the biggest discount is okay with being told no. Yeah. They're okay with a uh, maybe a, a, a less of an experience. Same with Ritz, right? Yeah, definitely. Ritz says this is it, and this is how much it costs. And but you're paying for that experience. And there's always, you know, there's always you can find a cheaper chicken sandwich. But Chick Fil A is known for their experience. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think they train them how to smile, or do you think they paint smiles on their face, or is there like a like a, like a like do they pull it like that and make it? Because they're always smiling. They're supposed to always be smiling. I know, but so they're not in Miss America. I mean, okay. So here's something. Um, having seen, we talked about this, I guess, on my Friday Fun Fact, I talked about this. So one of the corporate trainers, I, I went to a 
presentation that she did and a couple of things to note in their customer experience model right that they go and have training on they spend two days just on hospitality hmm. two days oh and give the stat that you gave on the friday fun fact but we may have podcasters that don't watch friday fun fact yes so Which- in surveys that Chick-fil-A does on, on its customers, 77% of the people choose to come to Chick-fil-A because of their service and hospitality. 77%. Wow. Only 55% go to Chick-fil-A because of the food. Isn't that amazing? Because it's pretty, I mean, it's probably, I would argue, the best fast food. That exists. Oh, I think so as well. But only 55% go for that. Mm-hmm. They go for the experience, for the hospitality and the customer service. Wow. And and Chick-fil-A spends two days. Yeah. When you're a new employee, you spend two entire days on hospitality training. Okay, now you have a wonderful story that is going gonna, is gonna, to, it's proof in action. Right, it's not that we're still on Chick Fil A. Yes, and the reason we're on Chick Fil A and the reason we talk about them a lot is because they do it so well, and they do it so well consistently. So your story is about one experience, but this one experience will not be unique to Chick Fil A or the people that went through the experience. Right? Oh, agreed. All right. So um, locally. And we actually, this particular Chick-fil-A is the busiest Chick-fil-A in America, I believe. Is I've heard that. that. I've heard that. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, that it's kind of like. That ought to be a Friday like, fun fact yeah. because we really don't know if it's true, but it is fun. Well, we quote stuff on Friday fun yeah. fact all the time that you yeah. don't know yeah. if yeah. it's well, true or not. Well, we have that not. disclaimer, right? I, I hope so. Mm. Um, but a group of kids from a low to moderate income county. Like the whole county is in LMI County. They had been downtown at a basketball, the state basketball tournament, and they were coming home on their bus, and their bus broke down. And they got it fixed or got it moving again, and they got a little further down the highway, and they ended up basically outside this Chick-fil-A. And at this point, it is late. These kids are hungry, and so they all go into the Chick-fil-A. Now, these kids don't have a lot of money. They had been told to bring enough money for lunch, and so at this point— And they would be home by dinner. So they don't have money for dinner. And they all go into this Chick-fil-A, and and the coaches um, sit them down. Um, They're trying to figure out who has money, who doesn't, how are we going to feed these people— and the manager from the Chick-fil-A walks over and he goes, is, is there a problem? Is everything okay? And the coaches were like, well, the bus broke down, tells them the story. The manager turns to this group of high school boys and says to them, boys, go up to the counter, order whatever you want for dinner. It is on the house. Mm. I love, love, love that story. And, and more than likely... You know, he didn't do that with a motive because given the county, I don't know if this is true or not, but given the county, they probably don't have a Chick-fil-A. Oh, I don't I don't know that for a fact, but yeah, probably not. Yeah. But what he but he did it for a different reason. Yes. He did it because he went through two days and because he's a manager, he's went through a lot more than two days. But it's ingrained in the culture. It's ingrained in that customer experience. And now that story's getting told over and over and over again. Oh, it was picked up by AL.com. It was picked up by a TV station. You know, the the 
power of positive experiences, oh it, it just makes a brand. And then, of course, the same holds true. For example, the airline that we did not name earlier, yeah. you know, if you don't establish oh, yeah. standards and empower your staff, then you're, you're going to have a staff member create a customer experience that ends poorly yeah. and that can ruin your brand. One customer experience ruined that brand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it went viral just as easily as a positive customer experience. Well, can go no, viral. but that isn't. That's a culture thing. I've I had to fly that airline because it was the choice that I had to make, mm-hmm. and um, I, I, there was someone sitting in a uh, in a that wanted to move seats, and it was you know about time for the gate to close, and um, he said, "Hey, can we move back here?" And she just a very short, snippy, and she was they're they're not happy people. They are not happy people. Now, I don't know how That's they got... That's a culture. It's a culture thing, right? But they're not concerned about customer experience. They're not at all. And, and that comes from the top, by the way. from the top. So, anyway, let's not... I mean, this is a really appropriate pun, so I'll go with it. Let's land this plane. Oh, wow. Lisa, oh, mm. Yeah? Wow. I mean, it was wow. there. I had to use it. Yeah, you did. Okay, so let's land the plane. Okay, I'm going to... Key takeaways for Key today. takeaways. Okay, I, I want to go and say one more thing, which I think we're going to have to do a second customer experience you know podcast. Call, okay, but you know what we call gonna that? it's going to be about data. You know what we call that? Circling the airport. All right, well, we're going to circle the airport real quick. So let's circle and talk about how do you make this all possible. Uh, and, and the key to making it all possible is data. And we all have data, and it's how we use the data to create customer experience. Um, but that's like another whole podcast. But landing the plane. No, before you do, because we're still circling. Oh, okay, let's circle. Uh, so I talked to um, a CEO I was working with uh, this week, and through this exact conversation, unpacking the vision of where they want to go and who they want to be, we, we, we directed it to what data do you have? How can you leverage that data? Exactly. You have it. How are you using it? And how are you going to tie that back to the customer experience? You get those two together. You're really, really cooking with something. Okay, so that's going to be, and I'll have to go do research on that, so we have lots of stats for that. Okay, but we'll do another. We'll, we'll do a do, follow-up. We'll do a follow-up on data and customer experience and how to use your data to create your customer experience because your data is going to tell you what your customers want, and once you know what your customers want, you can establish standards, right, mm-hmm. that meets those wants, needs, and desires to create your unique, memorable, personalized customer experience. So... Think You're about in flow that. Right now. You're I am in flow. In flow. You know, flow. Sai, hit me high or something like that. I don't know. I just talk, had he coffee. He wrote a book called Flow, and you're in flow right nice. now. Yeah, you're crushing. I'm in flow. All right. So establish standards. Think about what you want. Establish those standards. Train your employees. It's never ending on the training. Empower them, and then implement unique, personalized moments. And that's really what you want to create. For your customer. Oh, Lisa, I love this podcast. Listen, if you have a vision, start to write this stuff down. What Lisa just talked about, you're probably not going to, you don't have data yet. You don't have standards unless you start writing them down. Start to document it. And that's the first step. I hope you found encouragement and continued confidence in this podcast. And we're going to have another one, a follow-up soon, right, Lisa? Yes. Hey, thanks for listening. 